0: Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. more than this? I did it Yo, what up, it's the Vinny Rock Podcast. What's going on, y'all? Oh, man been busy as hell Did a speaking engagement the other day in oregon which turned out fucking awesome and i usually kind of judge my speaking engagements how well they do um when how many grown-ass men cry and i fucking love it you guys have no idea because i'm willing to cry in front of a motherfucker i don't give a shit right and when another grown-ass man is willing to fucking knock down those barriers and and allow himself to to feel some shit um i feel like the message is hitting hard and and i love that because it just feels i guess it's kind of a for me i know the message is well received and to me, that is all it's about. So um, thank you, everyone in in, in uh, Portland. No, excuse me, Pendleton. I was driving out towards Portland. But to Pendleton, Oregon, for having me. The uh, Blue Mountain Community College for having me. I hope that I'm, out, I'm able to get out there again soon. They have this thing called the Roundup. It's like this crazy rodeo that fucking they all, you know, pretty much take off a week just to support it and 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 run it and i'm excited to go check that out i did the underground um tours which is really cool man about these these tours that they showed us the underground pretty much world that was set up back in the day for multiple different reasons i mean you guys gotta go check it out to to understand it i'm not this historian that was telling us all the info because i'll screw it up but let me get to my sponsors real quick um you guys right now, Core Medical Group, man, I'm getting so many people hitting me up, not even veterans, not even veterans. I'm having f- actors. I'm having friends. I'm having people that are like, dude, I keep hearing you say it, and I'm finally listening to you, and I'm calling, and there's there's a guy that was at the speaking engagement and met me, and he goes, dude, you changed my life. You changed my fucking life. The fact that you talked about it made it interesting. I Googled it, researched it, and then I went and did it, and now... You know, even his wife was thanking my wife. It was this crazy thing, but it's just kind of a testament to, like, dude, I'm not pulling your fucking leg here, right? Um, it's it's not like I'm trying to fool you guys, right? I don't make I don't make money. I swear to God, you can ask you can ask Sydney who owns the company. I don't make a percentage off every person that joins. I don't. I got a flat rate for a sponsorship podcast because I believe in these guys, and I said, hey, look, let's do this. Let's do this partnership. I do not make money for every person that joins. I do not. I know it doesn't make sense, but to me, it's like, why? I believe in this shit. I'm, I'm here to help you. So if you guys doubt me, it's okay. You're just missing out on the opportunity of getting your blood levels, your hormone levels fixed. And it's just something you need. Not all of you, but some of you. And if you're a veteran or a military guy or you're a military guy or a law enforcement officer, almost all of you go check out core medical group. You guys know where to find them. If you don't hit me up and I'll direct you straight, straight to them beyond clothing. You guys already know. I just did a thing for beyond clothing. They have this really cool shirt and it's really about going beyond. It's right. You know, it's about, it's about believing in yourself. It's about, you know, facing adversity. You know, it's about, it's, it's this interesting thing. Like, like screw fear, right? Screw doubt, self doubt, screw weaknesses, limits. No, go beyond. That's their message, and that's what they're putting out there, and I love it. And I'm hoping to be doing a a short video for them to talk about my life and uh, some of the things that, you know, some of the hardships that I've had to endure. So um, you guys go check out beyondclothing.com. And, yeah, man, right now the winter's coming, so that's where you have to get your stuff. Uh, you got to get your several layers of warmth, right? So go check them out. They're the ones who have it, and you'll love them, I promise. Go check them out, Beyond Clothing. GMR Gold. Dude, I got a GMR Gold box coming here soon. Gold is an interesting thing. Gold and silver. Precious metals. You know, it's, the, it's that one thing where it's the precious metal that's kind of more stable than other other currencies out there. You know, that's a reason you can save. That's a reason you can collect. Or you can just do it because you freaking really enjoy the cool pieces of metals that show up to your house and you can enjoy them with your families. That's what I do. Go check out GMR Gold. You can order a bullion box. A bullion box is a subscription box. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700. You can order different options. You can receive this gold and silver, precious metals, coins, all kinds of cool stuff, all certified, all all, all valid and legit. And enjoy your time with Jim R. Gold. Go check out Bullion Box. You guys know I have promo codes for all this stuff. You just put Rocco. R-O-C-C-O. For some reason, everyone spells that wrong. It's either R-O-K-O-R-O-C-K-O-R-O-C-O. It's R-O-C-C-O. Who started the spelling? Jared Taylor. I don't know why he did it that way, but to me, it works. Ranger Up. If you're in the veteran community, you have to have run across a Ranger Up shirt at some point in your life. Hey, they were our partners in Range 15. Uh, you know, I love these guys. Go check them out. Ranger Up has some of the best military apparel you can find out there. Military and law enforcement, and sheepdog, and and, and jujitsu. If you guys are into jujitsu, jiu-jitsu, they have a really good jujitsu line. It's really funny. I love it. I wear it. There's a jujitsu spot down, that, down the street from my house. I'm actually going to stop by later today after, after the podcast, after I pick up the kids. I love their stuff. Go check out Ranger Up. Uh, their sunglasses, that's one of the ones I love more than anything. Um, I, I never wore their jeans. Uh, I like skinny jeans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but check out Ranger Up. You guys will love them. Aircraft maintainer. Are you an aircraft maintainer in the military? Are you in the Air Force? Are you in the Marines? Are you in the Army? Are you, getting on, are you planning on getting out soon? If you have an ETS date or you're planning on getting out eventually and you want to get certified, are you a level 7? Personally, I don't know what that means, but I do know from, from, from talking to my buddy about all the interesting stuff about aircraft maintainers. That to me, uh, is something that I like. I like the fact that the company itself, um, is there to help you get certified. Okay. They have a FCC GROL, right? It's a general radio operator's license. You can go get certified. All right. The airframe and power plant, you can go get certified. You can get it all certified and it'll be covered by the military. This is absolutely free. So why wouldn't you take the time to contact Aircraft Maintainer and go get certified so when you get out, you'll get paid more? It's the only thing that makes sense to me. This company is all about veterans. It's all about taking care of the soldiers in and out. You hit them up, let them know I sent you. Aircraft Maintainer. Willie Pete's Chocolates. I just just called up Willie Pete and said, yo, bro, I got an idea for a chocolate bar. Hopefully he's working on it right now. You guys love it. I'm going to keep it a secret right now, but don't forget we have our hot sauce and it is smoking hot. You guys got to get it. I promise you get it. You'll love it. It is sponsored by me. It was created by him and we, we kind of came up with the idea together in the flavors. Uh, it's dude, I'm going to start doing some breakfast tacos with heroes tacos and that is what I'm going to be doing. Let's get to the podcast. yo, yo. Dude, so, you know, I don't usually do this one-on-ones, and I like to do the one-on-ones, but it's it's hard to do a one-on-one and talk for a long amount of time. But I have a conversation I want to give you guys. You know, survival's guilt—that's really a lot of what I struggled with. Some of you guys, I mean, this 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 isn't just military. This is law enforcement. This is just, just people in general that have survival's guilt. But I know a lot of us military kind of are put in the positions to, to feel this probably more often than others. And I know what this feels like, obviously, because I'm one of those guys. I was not on target the day, um, you know, the two of the biggest influences of my life were killed in action. I was home receiving the call and actually working on... The return of the bodies, as well as collecting up all their stuff, as well as contacting their families, as well as getting the rest of the battalion situated and organized to, to handle the funerals and, uh, for a, for a specialist, you know, that was a tough time. And I was there with an NCO that was, you know, was going through his own tough time. There was an NCO that was in charge of us that was that was struggling with his own addictions, his own issues. And so I'm this young dude who's older than this dude who's trying to 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 make sure this dude is good, as well as receiving everything and and heading over to California and doing the funeral services. Um. And so, you know, for you guys to understand why it was such an impact in my life, you know, so I I've done a video with this with Matt Best and I'll actually put the link. Uh, into my podcast so you guys can follow and find that and we talk about you know Dale and uh Braza but Dale was an e5 Sarn Brazza was uh an e6 they were both planning on getting out in the near future they probably only had I think Dale was done after this deployment and Braza I believe was probably gonna do one more deployment <clears throat> and they were both ready to get out Not for any other reasons. I think Barraza would have continued on. He talked to me about wanting to join the Border Patrol. He talked about how he said he wanted to be in the special operations of the Border Patrol. This is before I knew that the Border Patrol even had that. It's actually what has inspired me to join the special operations of the Border Patrol was Sergeant Barraza bringing it to my attention. And he was also getting recruited by some of these other three letter agencies out there that are pretty high speed. I mean, he was well known in the community for, for, for just being who he was, his personality, his, his candor, his, his, his laugh is just everything about this dude was well known, but as well as him being just a solid ranger, he was, you know, at at 20, I believe it was 22 years old, 23 years old. This guy was, you know, considered one of the top uh, squad leaders in the battalion, if not the top, you know? And just beneath him was his was his team leader was uh, Dale Brim and Dale Brim and Brazza came up together in the Ranger Battalion, and uh, you know they learned from another uh, senior NCO their leadership style and their leadership style is what kind of drew me in. I think his leadership style is kind of what I lead still today. There's a parts of him that are still you know that still live through me. So when I explain why I had survivals guilt. Um, You don't understand. I guess you have to understand the relationship I had with him to understand why it affected me so much. And I'm telling you all this because I understand all of you who have the same thing or have struggled with the same thing. Um, You know, he was a big Hispanic man. Um, I was one year older than him, but obviously I was junior to him. I was a private when I first got there. He walks out the door and I see him. I was like, holy fuck, this dude is the epitome of what a ranger should be. Right, because everything in the military in my head I thought was supposed to look like a bunch of GI Joes, and everything in the military was definitely not that. And so when you get to Ranger Battalion, you see you see short rangers, you see big rangers, you see you see all kinds of different kinds of rangers. But then we see this dude, big stocky dude, and with this confidence. Right, and he, like, it's like he storms into a room and demands confidence. At the same time, he laughs and he jokes, but there's this you always have maintained this like professionalism with him because you know he'll also fuck you up. And so this is Sergeant Braz, and I met him, and, uh, you know, I snapped to freaking parade rest, and, and, and he gives his commands and whatnot. When I'd gotten to Ranger Battalion, I started as an AT, as an anti stuff. It was a, the anti-tank world, and I was a Gustav gunner, excuse me, an ammo bearer, a, 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 a gunner, you know, whatever it was at the time. You know, so we're training with my, my team leader on the AT team, and he was really good friends with Braz at the time. And so Brazza started pulling us in because we were attached to First Platoon, and so Brazza was pulling us in to do training with him. So as a private, I'm kind of doing like entering, clearing rooms with his squad sometimes, uh, and then I'm he me do combatives with his squad, and we get overseas right away, and boom, I'm entering, clearing rooms with his squad again. And so I became, you know, even though I'm part of anti tank, I'm getting trained, um, you know, all the line dog stuff, meaning kicking the doors and everything, with on Brazza. And so, as that kind of evolved, one deployment after the next, you know, the next deployment we get into, by the, by the time we get to Iraq, it's, you know, I'm in a different platoon, I'm in a different squad, excuse me, and we're doing entering and clearing rooms, and me and Braz already kind of built this relationship. I am one of these senior privates, if that's even a thing, and Ranger Battalion, it's a thing, so everyone in Ranger Battalion will understand what I'm talking about. I'm like one of the guys next in line to go to Ranger school, so you're kind of senior, get a little bit of respect, but at the same time, you're still fucking, you're still nobody in Ranger Battalion status but me and, me and brother had a, had a relationship, man. We, outside of work, um, we did hang out, you know, outside of work, you know, we had this, this, this friendship that was interesting because I was older than him. I have experienced a little bit different. Um, he's been in the military since he was young and we saw there was a similarity between us. I felt like, you know, like there was something special between our relationship because like he looked at me, he was almost bringing me up to kind of you know I think he looked at me And saw a little bit of him in him But even though I'm fucking older That's how weird the relationship was And it was crazy dude Because I remember Fucking private nobody He's like Hey Vargas You need to You need to take some of the supplements To get bigger man You need to start working out Getting bigger And the fucking my squad is like Yeah fuck He don't need to get bigger And that's the kind of weird thing We would have these games The privates The tabs Tabbed versus everyone who's not tabbed And we play these fucking football games Vargas get your team together and we do this thing about basketball Hey Vargas get your team together and we play Whatever we do like softball Vargas get your team together And play against us tabs and you know because I was kind of like uh, you know I was the oldest Private straight up me and my buddy Forsyth And so like Understand like we even did a wedding You know I was one of the guys in the wedding and Everyone was NCOs everyone was E E5 E6 uh, E7s and then you got uh, You know I think it was captain at the time was, um, Lieutenant, uh, Dave Kang. And then you had me specialist, nobody, right? Because I was as old as these guys, the same age as these dudes. I just joined later. And so you understand like the friendship was this awkward space, man. I remember, you know, we'd go hang out sometimes and it was us kind of like, uh, I feel uncomfortable, but we're drinking beers and we're bullshitting And so it is what it is. So fast forward. You know, working on the, the funeral side of things, it was tough. It was tough for me because I lost the person who I've looked up to the most in the battalion. I lost the man who essentially was my dad figure, my father figure in the battalion. You know what I mean? And I, and I just respected everything he did and I wanted to always make him proud. And in that, man, you know, just dealing with it sucked, right? It just hurt. But then getting out of the military is where it fucking really started to fuck with me. I started to drink on the anniversary date of his death. Then I started to drink on, you know, Memorial Day. Then I started drinking on his birthday. Then I started, anytime I drank, I started with two Miller Lights because that's what him and Dale, you know, Dale and Rick would drink, Miller Lights. I drank two Miller Lights to the breezes for them. And it did this pattern for so many fucking years. It was like the days that he... You know, the anniversary date of his death was me in my house doing everything I can to almost kill myself internally. How can I abuse the fuck out of myself so bad that I'm showing him respect or I'm showing him that him dying hurt me just as bad. Right? That's what I was doing. And I don't know why I was doing it, but I was doing it. And it and it kind of it, it was this weird thing you feel like you're doing them, you feel like you're doing them justice, but you're not. Um, and that's the crazy thing that we in our heads feel like we're showing them some appreciation, but we're not by drinking ourselves to death. So that's, that's the hardest thing to try and explain to people is like, it's never healthy. It's not healthy to, to live in this mindset. Um, so, you know, (sighs) my wife's trying to call me right now. But that's what we do. We do that as veterans. And, and that's like the worst part of survival's guilt. Why are we killing ourselves in the memory of them? I think of it this way. I've wrote a poem about this, and I'll actually fucking probably attach a poem to this too if you guys want to see it. But, you know, I, I um, you know, it's like, there's. I guarantee if if there's a heaven, right, and they, they have a, a conscience, and they're sitting there looking down at us, and they're saying, Fuck yeah, Vargas. Let's see how drunk you get this time. Let's see how many fights you can start this time because that is how you honor me. There's no fucking way, bro. There's no fucking way these dudes are sitting up there enjoying watching me fucking puke all over myself, drunk outside, halfway out my door, trying to go get more fucking liquor. There's no fucking way. That is not a proud moment in my life, right? That's not me showing how much I respect and love these guys right? But we do that. I, I guarantee there's someone, one of you listening to this motherfucker right now and thinking the same way, like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go fucking drink until I fucking puke from boys. That's part of this drinking culture that we created for ourselves. For some reason, we, we identify that with showing them respect. Take a shot man, fucking have a beer. But if you're doing it because you're fucking feeling so bad about yourself, you're doing the survival's guilt thing where you're fucking trying to kill yourself through drinking, then, bro, the day... The day uh, that the day that they fucking died is the day that you died too. Emotionally. Physically, right? Because you ain't living. You're not living anymore. You're living for them. You're not even living in your own life. You know, you're fucking... You're just existing. See, and that was my problem. Yeah, my problem was that every year was dedicated to them. And I get it, dude. And because you, you don't, because you feel bad if you don't drink for them, because now you feel like you've forgotten about them and you don't appreciate them. And that's, that's not true. Okay. So any of you who have done that pattern or is in that pattern or doing that pattern now, think about this. This is the way I kind of broke out of it, right? I said, you know, obviously they're not looking down proud about what the fuck I'm doing. So to me, it all goes down to this now. I need to live my life at the best possible way to make them proud. I have to not be selfish and live in this life as, like, in, you know, as in it wasn't just a gift to me. Because my friends who are no longer with us, their family who no longer have them, don't have the opportunity to spend that time, and it's kind of selfish of me to fucking think of that as like, let me just drink and put out of self pity. That's a selfish thought process. It's a selfish act to not live your life in a way that they would be proud. It's selfish not to 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 sit there and willow away in their memory. That's not what they would have wanted. There's no fucking way. Those dudes, if you knew those dudes, oh, fuck. They would have been successful as fuck. So why would I allow myself to sit here and wither away and in their memory? That's disrespectful. Some sh- that's some disrespectful-ass shit. I get guys call me all the time, man. Like, bro, you know, I'm feeling down because my buddies. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And like, I just can't, you know, I'm drinking. And i was like, that's the wrong answer. You're not fucking doing them any, any favors. You're a fucking asshole right now. You're being an asshole. I was that asshole. I was that asshole. I can say that. You're being an asshole. Because the only thing you should be doing is finding out how you can be more successful. And if it's not for you, it's for fucking them. How you can do more. How you can be more. How you can, can thrive every fucking minute of the goddamn day that you have air in your lungs. That's a gift. You have a gift that others wish they had still. But they sacrificed their lives. For you to do what? To drink on their anniversary. Trust me. I swear to you. I fucking swear to you. They're not proud of you doing that shit. You're not making anyone proud. If you have issues and you need to go to counseling, get it. Do it. But if you're still drinking on the anniversary date of your buddy's death. To the point where you're fucking incoherent where you're fucking up your life, where you're getting DUIs, where you're fighting with cops, where you're doing all this fucking shit. I say all that because that's the pattern that's happened in my own circle, friends. Maybe you should celebrate their life in a different way. Maybe you should find a way to look back and be like, you know what? They'd be proud of me right now. They'd be proud of what the fuck I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Look, you don't have to follow my fucking advice. Who the fuck am I? I'm nobody, right? I'm still a guy struggling to pay his fucking rent. Boom. It's all good. But I've worked my way out of that phase. I've worked my way out of that self-pity, survival's guilt phase. There's time I still look back and I'm like, "Fuck, dude. That dude was a way better person than me and he would have been way better off than living than I would have." You know what I mean? But look, here's the situation. I'm here, so I'm going to do everything I can to fucking respect those dudes and fucking live this life in a fucking way that they look down, they sit there and cheer me on fucking proud of what the fuck I'm doing, but that's just me, I'm out.